Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. I think I got a word for you guys that's for right here, right now, tonight. And uh, I'm excited. I have a lot of faith for what I'm going to say. And uh, so I want to start out by saying this, that... um, Prayer does not make God love you anymore. If you never prayed a day in your life or you prayed for five years straight, it does not change one bit about how God feels about you. Worship does not make God accept you at all. It never did and it never will. Did God love the world before or after he sent Jesus? It says that he so loved the world that he sent. So I'm just laying that as a groundwork. Every person in here, God loves you with all of his heart, with everything that's in him. He's pleased in who you are. But here's the thing. Something's happening in here. Does anybody believe that? Does anybody bear witness? Like something's happening in here, right? Something's brewing. And what I want to do tonight, I want to lay out a pathway because God doesn't just do things randomly and make us spin in circles and then that's over and we still don't know where we're going. God has a purpose and a direction. And I want to lay that out for you for a bit. And what I I feel is going on is that uh, some of you guys, God comes and you feel so close to him. Does anybody feel that way? But at the same time, you feel so hungry. And it's almost like you've never been so full and so hungry at the same time. That's what I feel like sweeping through this room. And I just want to talk about that sensation and that feeling in the spirit and what God's doing. One of the worst things you can do is get somebody saved and then be really hungry, and then you tell them that they're full. Do you hear that? Somebody who needs more, and you tell them that they're full. When you take away someone's ability to sow and to reap, you take away someone's ability to change their situation. If all you get to do is sit there and maybe God will do something one day, that's called poverty and that's called slavery. And that's not what God has given you. And I remember a time, you may have heard this story, but I just feel like it's so for tonight when I felt like you guys are feeling right now. And I felt it deep and I felt it bad. And it wasn't because there was loud music or people were around me. God was putting his finger on me. And I had such a longing for God, I can't even tell you. It actually hurt. And I know, I knew that I needed more of the Holy Spirit. At the same time, I had more of the Holy Spirit than I ever had in my entire life that time. But I said, I know I need more. And somebody said, hey, will you house it for five days? Nobody will be there. I got so excited. Because I said, I am going to contend and I'm going to pray and I'm going to have an encounter with God. 
And I went there. And I think I prayed one day, and I, I prayed two days. And then on the third day, I had a whole afternoon into an evening. And I said, God, meet me. God, meet me. God, meet me. And then I just broke down, and I started crying. I was like, can't you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? Does it matter that I'm crying out to you? And I started crying, and I fell asleep in tears because I wanted God so much. And I, I almost didn't know if he was real, that it even mattered that I was screaming like this. And I just fell asleep. In the middle of the night, I had a dream. And there was a, like a bullseye, like an archery bullseye. And there was a man with a stick. And he pointed to the bullseye of the, the archery target. And he looked at me with this serious, like, angry look. And in the center of the bullseye, it said five colon six. Six colon five. I am totally asleep. I pounded on heaven's door over and over and over. I'm totally asleep. I don't wake up and say something. I'm totally asleep and I do this. Matthew, out of my sleep. And I open my Bible. What is Matthew 5, 6? It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. What is Matthew 6, 5? I flip to it. Don't go out in public and pray so people see you. Go in secret and your father will reward you. And I'm just telling you guys, don't you for a moment think when you're marching back and forth here that God doesn't care or God doesn't hear or that there's not a breakthrough coming. God hears every prayer. God catches every tear. And God is really doing something here. And I just feel like you need to know that in the bottom of your heart that God is hearing what you're saying. And there's something that you're breaking open in your generation. And there's something that you break open every Wednesday night when you come here. You have to know it. You can't think God is someone who sits in heaven who you meet at the end. That's not who he is. Sorry if I'm intense. I just feel God on it. I'm like that man in the dream. You know what I say to you? Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness because you will be satisfied. I'm telling you, when you make a space for God, he's going to fill it. And I think what happened at, during that time was I spent three days making a space for God to fill. And then I realized that every prayer I ever prayed, he heard. Okay, thank you, Ben. I'm starting to get insecure. People always said I was too serious. Okay. You know, um, he's not your weekly bread. He's your daily bread. He is your daily. His presence is your daily bread. I love the, the rest of God. I love the, the rest that comes from being in him. But I just feel, guys, that there's something that happens where we have so much rest that we actually fall asleep. And we're actually put in a place where we're ineffective. When I've been most spiritually alive, I've been the most active and the most hungry and the most pursuing. And so I want to tell you, you guys can rest in God. But when God comes on you, it looks like something. 
You guys have heard taste and see that God is good, right? Has anybody ever tasted and seen? Isn't that awesome? When you're like, that you have an encounter, you're like, oh my gosh, now I see what he's like. But guys, I feel like God is doing something different with you. I feel like you have tasted something and you have seen something. And it's not that you're not going to have more experiences. Do you guys know the story of, with the, the woman with the issue of blood? She didn't get to taste and see anything. But she thought, you know what? If I just grab the hem of his garment, I know power is going to flow out of him and I'm going to get healed. God's doing something in you where you don't need to taste and see anything. You know, there's the story of Thomas. He didn't believe that Jesus was resurrected. And he said, I will not believe unless I put my hand in his side. Then I'll believe that he's resurrected. And a few days, day, uh, days later, Jesus walks through a wall and he's like, hey, Tommy, come here. <laughs> Tommy, stick your hand in there. You know what I call that? Tasting and seeing. I bet you never again in his life did he doubt that Jesus was alive. But we are not the children of Thomas. That's not who God calls us. He calls us the children of Abraham. That's who you are. And you know what it says of Abraham? He says, he says, God says, I call things that are not as though they are. And I feel like that's what God is doing with you guys in this room. As you march back and forth, as you lift your hands. You know, you've heard the... Uh, the expression, you got it backwards. You got the cart ahead of the horse. Right? You've heard that? The cart's in front, the horse is in the back. Do you know that that's the way of heaven? That it, it, it's not that receive and then believe. It's believe and then receive. You know, God is not going to let you enter by you sitting there on your keister over and over saying, come to me, God, come. To I got to taste again. I got to taste again. After a taste, you know what? You should stand up and say, I believe in something. I know something about God. I know that he's available. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is coaching you guys in this way, that you would call things that are not as though they are. You don't have to wait for your emotions to line up. You don't have to wait for the, the horse to get in front of the cart. The whole concept is, of faith is something that it is not yet here, but will be. And it says this in Romans, it says, first I believed and then I spoke. And I feel like you guys, you have some freedom. And you're like, well, I have some and God wants you to stand up in your sum and prophesy things that are not as though they are. So you have some encounter. So you have some Holy Spirit. I feel like God is training you guys to stand in the midst of darkness and say, light be. And do you know what's going to happen? God's going to obey. God's going to obey your command, your decree. 
And this is for you. You've have, you have some peace. You have more peace than you did three months ago. God doesn't give anybody partial freedom. That's not what's in his heart. But he also doesn't want you to sit there like it's some sort of a surgery. He wants you to partner with him in faith. You are the children of Abraham. And I feel like tonight God wants to release you into a, a, a hope and a dream of full freedom. What would that look like for you? What would that seriously feel like for you? And do you feel the coaching of the Holy Spirit, the prompting in your heart? You don't have to wait to taste anything. You don't have to wait for the encounter. You can call it forth. And there's two things I felt like I wanted to fan the the flame on. And one was your hunger that God sees it and it makes a difference. But two is your faith that God is, is using your prayers. He's using your march. Speak to your mountain. What is the mountain in your life and in your heart? If you don't have one, wake up. Everybody has one. Everybody has an obstacle. Everybody has a struggle. Sorry, that was mean. (laughs) It's true. Sorry, it's true. I want to tell you that Elijah, he's a prophet, okay? He's in a situation, and he stands up. And he puts the cart ahead of the horse. And he says, it's going to rain. He just proclaimed it. What would you prophesy right now if you could? What would you say in your life needs to happen? How would you put the cart ahead of the horse in your heart and in your walk with God? In your family and the restoration that needs to happen? In your destiny? Or are you going to sit in the back and just wait for things to happen to you? God is calling you as sons to govern your life with him. So Elijah puts the card ahead of the horse and he says, it's going to rain. He didn't just say it once. And then you know what he did? He got down on his knees and he said, oh, it's going to rain. God, make it rain, make it rain, make it rain, make it rain. Make it rain in my generation. Make it rain today. And then he said to his helper, hey, go see if you see any clouds. And he comes back and he says, no clouds. He goes down again. Oh, God, make it rain. God, make it rain. Make it rain. Make it rain. And he says, go check now. What do you see? I don't see anything. He gets down again. He says, oh, God, make it rain. I put the cart ahead of the horse. I'm not waiting for anything to happen. I'm making it happen with my faith. And he says, go check now. And he said, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. I believe what God is doing with you. He is not visiting you. He is raising you up till you have your own faith and you make it rain in your life and you make it rain in your high school. I am so serious. You guys are going to be so ignited in faith and confidence that you're going to go places where it's totally dark and you're going to pull the pin of Jesus and watch him show up. You're going to provoke the next generation because of the works you're going to do. I'm not pressuring anybody, but I'm telling you, this is the invitation of the spirit. And this is the pathway for progress. God doesn't want you to come here and play uh, Ring Around the Rosie. I'm not saying that's what happens. I'm saying it's directional and purposeful. 
So there's a, uh, well, two things. One, Matthew, he says this. He says, the reason you have not is because you ask not. How many things do you not have only because you don't ask? There's a parable in Luke, I think it's 18, not sure, 17, 18. But um, there's this woman and there's an unjust judge who um, doesn't fear God and doesn't respect man. And the woman, I mean, of course, she's not going to get justice, right? The woman goes and says, hey, um, give me justice. And she's like, go away, lady. And she comes back. And says, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. He said, go away, lady. And then finally, she comes back every day, day after day. And he's like, fine, woman, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Just leave me alone. And then it says, how much more will your father in heaven give you what you need? You know what? Not asking is not believing. And I think we have tasted of God enough to ask for him to move in our lives. And God doesn't want us to slide back into a place of apathy and fear where we're we're resting ourselves to death. And so I just really ask you, I'm sorry if I'm too intense. I hope you, I love fiery preachers, man. Um, What does it look like for you tonight to take the cart and put it ahead of the horse? This is the lifestyle of Christianity. God doesn't want you to wait for your destiny to happen like that. He wants you to declare the things of heaven. You know, if if you don't say anything, nothing happens. You just sit there like and just watch it happen. God wants you to partner with him in a way that brings real change. He doesn't want me to sit up here and and spit empty promises to you. All he cares about is your battle and your life. That's where he wants to show up. God wants to set you free from your feelings so you can live by faith. So why don't you guys stand up? Did anybody need to hear that? I'll go at eight, 12 people and a half a clap. Do you understand the liberty that God is calling you into? You know, I I felt this earlier when I was pacing around, kicking the devil's butt. Freedom is not when the oppression leaves. That's not freedom. That's like they left me alone. Freedom is when you begin to oppress the oppressor. You know, Jesus came to the demons and said, have you come to torment us? I think God wants to send you out to torment the demons of Harrisburg and Lancaster. Okay, so this is what I want to do. Um, can I get you guys stuff to say? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's good. We're going to make loud noises. Yeah. Make some loud noises. I love making loud noises. All right. And these guys are going to crank up the worship. And you are going to take the cart and put it in front of the horse. You're going to prophesy to whatever's in front of you. 
You're not going to wait for these guys to entertain you. You're going to stand up where you are and say, my God shows up for me, and you're going to speak to the mountain that's in front of you. Okay? So um, give me some stirring up noises. Something like that. Dude, you guys be my band. Come on. Come on. Do you feel the rumbling of the spirit of prophecy inside of you? Oh, do you fear the call of God? Oh, come on. Man, that, it, that, that doesn't sound very rumbly. I'm sorry. Zach, give us some rumblies. Yeah, that's it. Do you feel it? Come on. Prophesy, my friends. All right, prophesy, my friends. What does the cart in front of the horse feel like? Where is it in front of you? Identify weakness, brokenness, fear, sorrow, financial breakthroughs, healings. Come on. Mountains move. Mountains move. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.